Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central simpler communications to play fantasy today's episode is brought to you by flex fantasy and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all when you sign up for a free account and download the flex fantasy app you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app to try it out at this is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader, giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. It's Tuesday night here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thank you for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Subscribe if you have not done so already. That way you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. And you stay up to date with the show. When you download us on your favorite podcast app, give us that five-star review. It helps us out all the time. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. It's Tuesday night, which means primetime recap. My heroes and zeros. And of course, my waiver saviors heading into week 15. The first week, we're finally getting a look ahead to a playoff week. It's here, folks. It's here. The time to win your championships is here. Or I should say go in your championship run. And it was it's not going to be without its own, you know, class of hardships. A lot of key injuries came out in particular with the two games we're going to talk about today, unfortunately. So a lot of things we'll have to go through. A lot of things discussed during the waiver, uh, waiver Saviors segment today's show. A lot of things discussed tomorrow for the look-ahead Wednesday and Clairvoyant Thursday. Thankfully, we'll have Brian Scott this week to talk about those injuries because a lot of people have to be left holding the bag of what do we do? We're in the fantasy playoffs. We got in. And we had a key player get hurt. How do you overcome that? Well, you do that by being vigilant on your waiver wire, listening to this segment, hitting us up on social media at BillyUpMDFF Show will help you out, paying attention to our rankings on BillyUpFantasySports.com. We'll try to be there for you in any way we can because this is the time we want everybody in MD Nation to have the opportunity to win a championship. And it's finally here. But 
to no further ado. So normally speaking, when we do these primetime recaps, I usually have a thumper and bummer segment. But it was it was all thumpers in the Sunday night game. It was all bummers for the Monday night game <laughs> pretty much across the board. So we're just going to skip that. We're going to go right into the insights of the games and just recap these two matchups because there's a lot to talk about narrative-wise for these two. So let's jump into that. What do we know or what do we think we know after recapping the Sunday night and Monday night game? Well, go back to Sunday night. The Dolphins lose this game 17 to 23 against the Chargers. First of all, disappointing. This was not a higher scoring affair. Was expecting to some degree at least a shootout. And now we have to start to ask the question, is there a blueprint out on Tua Tagalavoa in two different ways now? Now, both these games, the common denominator between the two of them is that they're on the road. And Tua and on this offense in general has been a different team on the road than when they are in Miami. So a home road split, something we have to pay attention to when it comes to the Dolphins in general. But right now, we've also seen two different styles of defenses make Tua look very uncomfortable, not just... You know, they were able to limit him or contain him or contain the passing game or contain the offenses. Straight up uncomfortable, straight up bad, straight up to it from the last couple of years before Mike McDaniel got there-esque. That's what we've been dealing with the last two weeks. Now, the 49ers did it by overwhelming him with a pass rush. They had no Tron Armstead. Tua got happy feet, never got, never got comfortable, and never was able to lean back on his fundamentals. And no running game. Well, the Chargers... The other common denominator besides being on the road is that there was also no running game against the Chargers. Like San Francisco, okay, fine, we get it. Best team against the run this year. The Chargers, second worst only to Houston. And there was no game plan to get the running game going here, Mike McDaniel? Yes, Jeff Wilson got injured, and he's day-to-day with a hip injury. That's something we'll have to watch throughout the week. Raheem Mostert, as you'd expect, takes over, but he only gets 11 carries. Look, at no point was this game more than two possessions away for the Dolphins. The Chargers were never blowing them out. So for the Dolphins to completely abandon the run the way that they did by only getting most of their 11 carries in this game against the Chargers, you have to sit there and start to scratch your head like you're never that far behind. You're playing the Chargers. You had Teron Armstead back. You should be able to run the ball. There should have been a game plan to run the ball. Now you have to look at Mike McDaniel like, hey, hello. Tua needs play action to be his most effective. You can't be one-dimensional with that offensive line. Things that have to be addressed heading into next week, because otherwise, we're going to start to see a limit put on the ceiling of our fantasy output for this team. Tua being one of them, of course, Tyreek Hill, who was able to muscle through this game and still give you a great stat line. My hat's off to him. For Tyreek Hill to get 10 targets, 4 catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown, when he was consistently having to have his ankle worked on every time he was off the field, in obvious pain. It's just a, it just it just shows how talented, how tremendous Tyreek Hill is a player. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. How fast he is, even with a bum ankle. He's still faster than everybody else on the field. It's ridiculous. So that's what that's what's great about Tyreek Hill is that even in those situations, he still gives you good fantasy outputs, even when everything else around him was terrible. 
Jalen Waddle couldn't overcome that. And now Jalen Waddle is on a bit of a cold streak. If Tua can't get going, the only person who has the opportunity to eat is Tyreek Hill. Because if Tua is bad, Waddle's bad. And if Tua is bad, the running game seems to be bad too. Maybe that's more of a hand-in-hand thing, and that's what we have to question Mike McDaniel on right now. But so far, the blueprint for Tua is either an overwhelming pass rush or just take away the middle of the field. That's what the Chargers did. They just they pinched their coverage to take away that middle aspect of the field and forced Tua to have to throw in the perimeter. Because pressure-wise, there was some pressure. He got sacked twice. It wasn't nearly what was going on the week before against San Francisco. This was more about coverage. This was more about, hey, we're going to make you throw it outside the hashes. And uh, as a result, he was 10 of 28. This has not been a good Chargers defense for the most part. So red flags for me moving forward. Now, I believe next week they get to go back home, but then they get to play the Buffalo Bills. And you're in your playoff weeks. No buys. We're going to have some interesting things to talk about as far as what do we actually trust our lineups with Tua as a fantasy option or not with the running game as a fantasy option or not. Well, that's some interesting things to talk about during our preview episodes on Wednesday and Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. On the Chargers side, well, you get the good news of Mike Williams came back strong. Played, he was third most in snaps. He didn't have his full plethora of snaps. When, he, when he's back there playing back-to-back snaps with Keenan Allen, then we know he's full go as far as snap count is concerned. And he only had six targets. But he made the most of those six targets because he got six catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Physically, looks fine. And Mike Williams gets to enter that wide receiver three, can win you a week because he can hit the big play type of fantasy wide receiver he's frankly been. So that's the good news there. You get a Mike Williams you can actually utilize in the fantasy football playoffs. Keenan Allen, the Keenan Allen things, I mean, doesn't quite get to 100 yards, doesn't score, but 12 catches for 92 yards on 14 targets. I mean, that just feels like a very Keenan Allen stat line. So no worries there. You get what you want out of the wide receivers. Austin Eckler, pretty much the third receiver of this team and has been all season long. Continues on with this three-yard per carry average, and that's more reflective of the offensive line not being good than Austin Eckler. But again, finds a way to score a touchdown, and he gets eight catches, 59 yards on eight targets. So he keeps hovering around that 100 yards from scrimmage mark because really, you can count Eckler as a receiver. Who cares what he does in the ground game? He's getting touchdowns there. That's all that matters. Your floor comes in the passing game. And the fact that that was not hindered in any way with the return of Mike Williams is what you want to see. A game which only scored 23 points and all of the weapons that you wanted for the Chargers to have a good fantasy week did, that's what you want to see. And now, finally, with all of his weapons in place for basically the first time all season, Justin Herbert looking like the QB1 you drafted him to be. 367 yards, a touchdown. And again, I want to put the emphasis on this. They only scored 23 points. They led this entire game. And Herbert threw the ball 51 times. The passing volume makes this a fantasy dream because of the floor that you get due to the just the, the pure volume of it all. And now that everyone's back and healthy and possibly getting on the same page, we might just see some real prolific numbers here through the fantasy playoff stretch. So if you have any pieces of the Charger team right now, 
you're feeling pretty good what this means moving forward. Jeff Wilson, by the way, I just want to mention him. Hip injury considered day-to-day, so we will have to watch to see exactly what happens there. Either way, though, I don't know how much I'm looking to play the Dolphins' backfield against Buffalo coming off of two weeks back-to-back where the running game was not involved in the game plan at all. So we might be avoiding that regardless of who's available or what the situation is. Now we move it to the Monday night game. And this, look, nobody was looking forward to this game to begin with, okay? To the Patriots and the Cardinals are like, oh, snooze fest. But if you're a fan, you're trying to get into the fantasy football playoffs, there were some big names like Kyler Murray playing, like James Conner playing, like DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, Ramondre Stevenson. And we got to see injuries affect this entire game. Three plays in, Kyler Murray gets hurt on a non-contact injury, instantly reporting it's going to be a torn ACL. So now, not only is he out for the rest of this year, but because we're so late into the year, this is going to affect what the Cardinals are going to look like offensively next season. And, of course, his fantasy value. Talk about a quarterback who needs his legs to be fantasy relevant, to even be a good quarterback in the NFL, period, frankly. And he's not going to be 100%. Until possibly halfway through the year, at least. 2023 just got brutal for the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray now. Not just the rest of this season. And Ramondre Stevenson on the other side, he gets hurt with an ankle issue. Came out of the game, got wrapped up, went back in. But after he went back in for a drive, had to leave, go to the locker room, presumably to get x-rays. We have not gotten an update on him yet. Because, again, I record this show Monday night as soon as the Monday night game is over for this to be played on Tuesday night for you guys. So we'll probably have something updated on our social media feed at Show. But then he wasn't able to come out and go. And because Damian Harris wasn't available, we saw a running back by committee take place between Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong. Now, as far as the backfield goes for the Patriots, Brian Scott, our, our from the Injury List podcast and our injury expert, if this is, you know, for some reason your first time joining the show at this part of the season, which, you know, I welcome all newcomers. Be surprised if you were. He was surprised that Damien Harris was not making more progress, being that given the nature of the injury. It leads us to believe there's a chance in watching Damien Harris be there on the sideline this evening, not on crutches or anything, looking like he was walking around okay. There is a chance that Damian Harris is back by week 15. So that will be something to watch. Now, spoiler alert, he can't make my waiver saviors because he's on average 55% owned. He just misses the cut. But if you're in one of these leagues where Damian Harris got dropped, make sure you check because he did get dropped in quite a few leagues. If Stevenson's going to miss time due to what I'm presuming at this point, it will be some sort of ankle sprain, whether it be high or low. We'll find out later, I'm sure. My guess is low because we would have come back into the game. But again, I'm not a medical professional. We'll know more as the season, as the week draws on. But if Damian Harris comes back, he could be in line for a big workload if, if, if Ramondre Stevenson were to miss. So he won't make the waiver saviors because he's still too owned, but was dropped in a lot of places. Make sure you check your leagues if that's the case. At any rate, the, the note that we all want to know is like, okay, well, what happens if Stevenson and Damian Harris are both out? It is a committee between Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, both of whom wind up scoring touchdowns, by the way. So if you had Ramondre Stevenson and you needed a big game to break to the fantasy football playoffs, 
you're sitting there like, not only did you get dudded out and probably lost as a result of this, but your two touchdowns you should have had because you should have had a big game and a Roger Stevenson this week goes to the backups. Not, not a very good feeling. Not a good, very good feeling at all. The only other note I have for the Patriots, even though they win this game 27 to 13, is that, look, Jacoby Myers, sure, when he comes back, is he a, a full point PPR, low end wide receiver three? I guess. There's just no ceiling. This offense is so bad, so brutal to watch. <laughs> if Stevenson can't go, if Damian Harris can't go, I can honestly say the Patriots, especially for the fantasy football playoffs, are fantasy irrelevant. And I don't really want to touch anything coming out of this team. Well, we'll keep our eye on what the backfield is and what's going on there. Outside of that, I don't really care about those. Because even with Jacoby Myers, he, he's, a, he's a fill-in. And hopefully... If you make it to this part of the season and there's no buys, you you need more than just a fill-in. You have other options that are better than just a fill-in. Because as far as the other receivers go, it it gets it gets spread around. Like Nelson Aguilar, 10, 10 targets today, but five catches, 32 yards. Who cares? We care about the backfield and nothing else. We'll keep our eye on that throughout the week. On the Cardinals side, again, we mentioned the Murdy thing. So Colt McCoy comes in as he has already in the past for the season. And we see this kind of fall out the way you would kind of expect. They lean on James Conner when they could, although they fell down late in this game. So in the second half, James Conner didn't get nearly as much work. But 85 yards and a touchdown. Good. That's actually pretty impressive. 5.7 yards to carry against the Patriots, who have been very stingy against the running backs so far this season. So he still gets you that RB2 performance that you're hoping for. Connor will get a lot of work. He'll get the opportunity for touchdowns. Nothing changes there. What does change for the passing game is that the big play is sort of taken off the table. Right? You're not going to hit too many big plays with Colt McCoy down the field. So that that is the fantasy limitation that comes from knowing we're going to have Colt McCoy the rest of the season. But we also know he likes to target DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, who doesn't? but he will target DeAndre Hopkins more so. So Hopkins will be able to live on volume. The question now becomes, what does this mean for Marquise Brown and Rondale Moore, assuming he returns sooner rather than later from his groin issue, possibly as soon as week 15? Because Marquise Brown tonight, he actually played a lot more slot position. They had It wasn't, it wasn't Greg Dorch. It was Brown playing a slot with Robbie Anderson on the outside. So Brown walks over with eight targets, which you're looking at like, okay, that's okay. Four catches, 34 yards. I mean, definitely not the great production you were hoping for, but eight targets, what are you going to do? However, when, Ro- when Rondell Moore comes back, he's going to be a slot receiver. Marquise Brown will play the outside. So now what do you do? Because I can only trust DeAndre Hopkins to get targeted and the slot receiver of the Cardinals. But are we going to play Rondell Moore and Marquise Brown? No. Brown's the one that suffers the most here. Because like I said, when Moore comes back, he's playing the slot. Brown is the one that would be dependent more upon those big plays down the field. So we'll still probably rank him inside our top 36. He'll hover around the wide receiver three just because he's too talented. But this affects him the most going back to Colt McCoy out of everybody. And it's a really crappy time to have something like this happen. 
But that does it for the insights of the game. Here's what I want to do. We take a quick break. Come back on the other side. We got my heroes and zeros, and of course, the waiver saviors for week 15. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show, and we'll be back right after this. Football is back, baby. And our new sponsor, True Classic, wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft. Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt-to-couch season. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best-fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find the perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back in to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on this Tuesday night. (sighs) Gotta love fantasy football this time of year. Gotta love this time of year in general. It's Christmas season, New Year's coming up, fantasy playoffs are here. It's just all great stuff all across the board. Of course, we got the primetime recap. We already talked about that in the first segment. We got our heroes and zeros coming up shortly and our waiver saviors in the next segment. I want to thank you all for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Subscribe if you have not done so already and stay up to date with the show when you're on the go and you download us on your favorite podcast app. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. And uh, this is where I, I want to hold myself accountable. Before we move on to week 15, I have to hold myself accountable for the previous week. Talking about some of our heroes and zeros, or basically our right and wrong calls. So let's go ahead and hit that. Dan's heroes and zeros. All right, let's kick this thing off with the, let's do, let's do a reverse. Usually we start with the heroes and then go zeros. Let's go zeros and then heroes this week. So let's kick it off with the quarterback zeros. Quarterback zeros. Yeah, so I was wrong to not rank Trevor Lawrence <laughs> as the top 12 quarterback this week. My bad. I, I was it wasn't the matchup. It was a good matchup on paper, obviously, against Tennessee. I mean, they have given up a plethora of points to the quarterback position. That wasn't necessarily the question. And Trevor Lawrence, while he did have a bad week the week before, we could chalk that up mostly due to injury. 
but he has been a little bit inconsistent throughout the year. He's been a low-end QB1 for the most part. My big problem was knowing how healthy he was. He had a bad week the week before, and a lot of it seemed to do with his limited ability to be able to, well, move around and be mobile, something Trevor Lawrence does lean on, even just pocket mobility with a toe issue. Not sure how you're going to plant off of that, drop back on that. How much is that going to hinder you? And after show you saw the week before, I felt uncomfortable with the idea of ranking Trevor Lawrence inside my top 12. But he's been a top 10 quarterback all year. And Tennessee has been uh, the 26th worst defense against the quarterback position. So I probably should have ranked him at least ahead of Tyler Huntley in hindsight. But I did not. And that was my bad to lead you guys straight to the point of you probably benched Trevor Lawrence if you were following my rankings at all. Quarterback heroes. Sort of my hero in a, in a negative light. <laughs> that was Derek Carr. I did not have Derek Carr in the top 12. I was lower than the ECR when it came to Derek Carr. I've pointed out already the Sunday Funny recap. We'll keep continue to point it out. The second you think you can trust Derek Carr from fantasy football purposes, he screws you over. He gives you a dud performance. And I didn't like it against the Rams. The Rams defense, we got to give them a lot of credit because even without Aaron Donald and all the woes of the offense, they compete. The Rams defense has made life difficult for some fantasy football owners, more so than you would suspect for a team that is, well, basically at this point, mailing it in for next year. And they're out there competing, and they're making it tough, and nobody's really running up to score against them. And Derek Carr was a dud. We had him outside of our top 12. Hopefully, that was a player you benched if you looked at our rankings. Quarterback zeros. So I know against Houston, it's, it's the same pattern, right? Teams can run the ball so well, play defense so well, passing games haven't put up that much production. But there was no way that you felt like you could actually rank Dak Prescott outside the top 12. And it looked like mentally he had just checked out as soon as kickoff came in. I really think he thought he was going to walk into this game, hand the ball off a few times, let the defense dominate, and just make a couple of throws here and there. And then suddenly when Houston made this a game, he couldn't flip the switch. And it was terrible. In a game in which he actually had volume against the Houston Texans, he was awful. Dak Prescott has not really been sharp from an NFL standpoint. From a fantasy standpoint, he's had a floor of low in QB1, but we have not had a ceiling game out of Dak Prescott. It doesn't get better here against the Philadelphia Eagles coming up soon. So something to keep an eye on, something to watch in the next couple of weeks, because they play the Eagles, I believe, week 16 it is. Keep your eyes on that. We might not have Dak Prescott necessarily a given top 12 quarterback in your fantasy football playoffs. We may be talking other streaming options. And it was my bad to keep him inside the top 10 this week, knowing that he didn't have that high of a ceiling to begin with. Quarterback heroes. We were higher than the ECR on Kirk Cousins. Not really sure why people thought Kirk Cousins was only going to be like 10th. We had him at 8th making him a bona fide must-start quarterback no matter what league size you're in, Detroit Lions. And while people are still shocked the Lions, you know, won by double-digit points, and I know I'm one of them, 
Kirk Cousins was very good. In fact, had his best fantasy game of the year. Over 400 yards passing, 31 of 41, couple of touchdowns. What else could you ask for? And this is what remains true. Plus matchups in a dome in particular. Because this, whether it's at home or in a dome, Kirk Cousins seems to always play well. You can trust him to be a streaming quarterback. And he's been another guy who's been consistently a low-end QB1. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's open enrollment for the ACA Health Insurance Marketplace. If you want to enroll in a new health plan or update your current one, GetCoveredIllinois.gov can help you navigate health coverage to find a quality health plan. Find out if you qualify for financial help and get free enrollment assistance. Our local navigators are here for you. Your simplified health plan coverage journey starts at GetCoveredIllinois.gov. I know I've been talking about all season long how we're waiting for him to have those that hot streak Kirk Cousin like you know string of games you'll get sometimes with him where he like just lights up on fire all of a sudden out of nowhere and that really hadn't happened at this point in the season. I don't know that's still going to happen now in your fantasy football playoffs, but we know where and when we can trust him, and he has a safe floor to boot. And as long as he's got Justin Jefferson, he's going to have a good a good floor. Because Jefferson, by himself, will make sure Kirk Cousins has a good floor any given week. And that was one of our really good calls of the week. Running back zeros. Yeah, so my bad for thinking that we could actually play James Cook as a flex play. We know there's risk. There always is with Buffalo because you can get those games like we had this past week where Josh Allen is actually the leading rusher. But it had been a few weeks since that had been the case. And it seemed like with them getting closer to the playoffs and Josh Allen having been a little bit banged up, they were maybe getting away from having to run Josh Allen so much. I thought they might save it until they actually get to the postseason. And then they kind of went back to Buffalo fashion here in this one in a tough match against the Jets. But the other factor was thinking that James Cook maybe would be working 55-45, 53-47 split ahead of Devin Singletary as it started to trend in that direction over the past few weeks prior to. But we should also know that when it comes to Buffalo in the backfield, you can never trust the usage from a week-to-week basis. And went right back to Devin Singletary being more utilized than James Cook. Fact is, we had to take a home run shot with six teams on by it won't be happening again. James Cook does not belong in your top 36 in your as your RB3, as your flex play the rest of the way unless some kind of injury or something else happens over the next few weeks. Otherwise, James Cook, nope, bad call by us for even thinking you could trust him in a tough matchup against the Jets at all. Running back heroes. Damian Pierce. I, I, I ranked him inside the top 20. I was a little bit ahead of ECR. I questioned it. <laughs> was it was it a situation I felt great about, given the Dallas matchup, given the status of the Houston Texan offensive line? But 
when you look at the running backs and you're looking for volume, Damian Pierce gives you that volume. He's going to give you 18 to 20 carries every single week, no matter the game script. As long as he does that, he gives you opportunities to score. He gives you opportunities to get points in garbage time if it's not going well earlier on in the game. Damian Pierce showing why he is a lock in RB2 every single week because the volume's always going to be there. Now, he did get banged up in this game, so I'll have to see exactly what happens, but made, made my hero list as far as taking shots on running backs. I was higher on ECR then. Running back zeros. I know he had been on a cold streak leading into this game. And against Tennessee, it was not the easiest of matchups because they have shored up their run defense, especially with Simmons, whenever he's out there active in the middle of that, that defensive line. But you usually depend on Travis Etienne to give you some sort of floor in the passing game. And seeing how much Trevor Lawrence threw the ball, for him to not get a single target, I'm not really sure what to make of that. I'm not sure what to make of Travis Etienne. Maybe he has hit the rookie wall. Maybe that's the case. But he's still head and shoulders the lead back on this team. So he's going to continue to be in your lineups. We can't take him out. We can't rank him as anything less than RB24. Now, is he the you know RB1 that he was early on in the season? No, 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 no. That's not your expectation for him anymore. But I can't find a way that I'm going to be able to rank him lower than an RB24, lower than an RB2. There's no way. Not with the usage he gets, not with his offense that has been pretty good over the past month, past six weeks even. But it is alarming to see a guy who should be catching the ball, be frustratingly involved in that aspect of, of that part of the offense so little this offseason, this, this whole season anyway. And in this game, it just completely hit rock bottom. I don't know what to make of it, but oof, bad call to have him ranked so high this past week. Running back heroes. <laughs> I had Miles Sanders as the top 12 running back. One of the few who did heading into this match against the New York Giants. You can run at the Giants. They might be able to take away some things passing because they're very aggressive with the blitz. They don't give the quarterback a lot of time to throw the ball. And they've been pretty good in the perimeter all year, even with injury. Give Martindale a lot of credit. But you can run right at them. And that's exactly what the Eagles decided to do. And I have Miles Sanders locked in as a top 12 play, higher in the ECR, and he came through in a big way with the 144-yard two-touchdown performance. Hasn't always been consistent this year, but it's getting a little bit more predictable when you can pick your spots with that guy. Definitely one of our heroes of the week. Wide receiver zeros. I'm sorry, everyone. We have to be done with Gabe Davis. I still had him ranked as a wide receiver three. I didn't like the match against the Jets, partly due to limited options otherwise, and partly due to the fact that it's it's hard to take a guy that you know is a touchdown threat every single week on a Buffalo Bills Josh Allen-led offense, no matter the matchup. But the matchups mattered this year. Gabe Davis has not come through in a above-average top 15 defense at all this season. He's only had decent games. He's only scored touchdowns once plus matchups. 
That's it. And being that he's not, he's just not getting targets. He's not getting more than six targets a game. We're in the fantasy playoffs right now where everyone, for the most part, is going to have a pretty good team. You're not going to be in too many situations where you have to take home run threats, home run shots in your lineups. The worst thing you can have is somebody have the floor drop out from under you when you get to your fantasy football playoff matchups. Well, guess what? That means Gabe Davis. I will be looking for reasons not to have Gabe Davis ranked in our top 36 as a result to that. Because you can't trust it anymore. Can't take that shot anymore. It's been too inconsistent, too few and far between. Ooh, brutal. Wide receiver heroes. I was significantly higher on Adam Thielen this week against the Detroit Lions. I knew Justin Jefferson would eat. I didn't think it was be 223 yards, but I knew Justin Jefferson would eat. But I was like, Jefferson can't get all of the work. Another person is going to have to be involved. And Adam Thielen is a touchdown guy. And it's a Detroit Lions. And I was willing to take that shot, have him ranked as a top 25 receiver. A high-end wide receiver three that I wanted everybody to have in their lives at least as a flex play, and he came through. So thank you, Adam Thielen, for making me look good. Wide receiver zeros. I pounded the table for this one. I pounded the table that DJ Moore would be a top 20 wide receiver. Now, I didn't wind up watching that game all the way through. I didn't really hear anything Sunday during the Sunday Funday recap. It is nice to know now that he was, he picked up an injury during that game. And maybe I just missed it. I don't know. But thank you. Bad for the player, obviously. You don't want anybody to get hurt. But thank you for my ranking status because I feel like an idiot ranking this guy as a top 20 receiver, locking him in as a wide receiver too, just to find out he got three targets and zero, zero catches against the Seattle Seahawks. The game which Carolina actually won 30 to 24. Oh, it was a terrible call, and I pounded the table for this guy. Now, how much did the injury have to do with it? We'll have to see. He did play each quarter. Now, the snap count was a little bit limited from its normal workload, but he still it wasn't like he ever got pulled completely from the game. So I still have to take a loss. Usually I leave guys who got injured out, but felt like because he played enough and played throughout the week, I still have to take the big L on this one as one of my zeros. Wide receiver heroes. Was significantly higher than the ECR when it came to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Mari Cooper, we knew was going to be banked up. There was some talk that he was supposed to be on a limited snap count. That didn't actually wind up coming to fruition. But physically, whatever injury he picked up during practice, you could physically see that Mari Cooper was not 100% himself. The question coming in was like, okay, with what you saw Deshaun Watson, could you actually think that Donovan Peoples-Jones could give you a decent performance. And I was like, I ranked him as a top 30 wide receiver and made him a wide receiver three and said, hey, I'm going to play him because he's been good so far this season. He has the ability to just take one play to the house. And if Cooper's going to be banged up, well, somebody's going to have to get the ball thrown to them in a game in which I expected Cincinnati to win and the Browns have to actually have to throw the ball more than they would like to in the second half. That's exactly what happened here. And Donovan Peoples-Jones winds up coming through with over a 100-yard performance where Watson, still not good, but played a lot better the second week. 
So now we can feel kind of good about him, and that call made me happy. Tight end zeros. Yeah, so we go back to the Thursday night game on this one. Foster Moreau had him ranked as a top 12 guy. I feel like I've had him on my list here almost every single week since he's taken over Darren Waller, like either as a zero or as a hero. It's, it's been going both ways, and that's what makes it so hard for the tight end position in general. But knowing that against the Rams, that was probably going to be an ugly game, probably should have just said, you know what? We can find some other options. We can find 12 better options than a Foster Moreau in a very risky situation against the Rams. And I should have known better, and that was my bad. Tight end heroes. This is another one that I questioned. I wasn't sure how confident I was in it, but I did stick with it and ranked David Njoku as a top 10 tight end. He's He's been really good this year. And th- the word on him going into the week, of course, was that while he didn't practice and play the week before, it was more precautionary to make sure he was 100% healthy, ready to go for this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. And with an Amari Cooper who was banged up, David Njoku came through with a really nice game. And now we can go back to trusting him to be a top 10 guy. Thank God, because there are so few and far between right now, the tight end position. Was hired him to ECR, took the chance, and it paid off for him finishing well with inside the top 10. Tight end zeros. Not that I was the only one who was wrong about this, but I don't know what to do with Mark Andrews. Now, of course, the big analysis here was that we were depending on Tyler Huntley actually playing an entire game. Like That's part of it. Wasn't really going with the idea that Huntley might get knocked out in the first half of this game and they have to go to the third-string quarterback and Anthony Brown. Yeah, had I known that, probably would have changed my ranking a little bit there too. Well, Mark Andrews is brutal for a guy that you have to rank as like a top-two tight end every single week. <laughs> it's been brutal. Now there's a chance Tyler Huntley does play this week. However, he does have the clear concussion protocol. But it's Mark Andrews. With the tight end position being the way that it is, can we really sit there and think that Mark Andrews can't be started? There's no way. But our expectations, if Tyler Huntley does not play, need to come down. Or maybe you're contemplating it. Or maybe... If you have a David Njoku type, let's say, maybe you have to contemplate playing him over a Mark Andrews right now, especially if it's Anthony Brown at the quarterback position. And I can't believe I'm saying that, especially in the fantasy playoffs, but we're at that point. You got to do something. And it's winter go home now. Can't wait to sit there, wait for you to ride out slumps when you're still in bad situations. The Tyler Huntley's out there. I'm playing Mark Andrews no matter what. But if it's Anthony Brown, forget about it. I think you can look to guys like David Njoku, some of these low-end tight end one guys, Greg Dolchich of the world. We might be playing them over Mark Andrews, if that's the case. Ugh, absolutely brutal. Tight end heroes. At least we get to end this on a good note. Now, I am not for a second going to say that I predicted Evan Ingram was going to have this, like, wide receiver one blow up performance. But I will say we were much higher on the ECR and had him ranked inside of our top 10 heading into the week. So that I will say we were bigger on Evan Ingram heading to this game and it paid off in a huge way too. But I'm not going to take too much credit for that because again, I was not predicting 162 yard two touchdown performance by any means, nor, nor would I have you guys believe that.
But that's our heroes and zeros for week 14, holding ourselves accountable, highlighting some things. And now it's time for the waiver savers. The only way for you guys to get better heading into your fantasy football playoff. Waiver saviors. Okay, so here's the deal. It's a short list. Now, I've talked about this last couple of weeks. And when we get closer to this part of the season, we're not looking at guys that who maybe hypothetically in a couple of weeks, depending upon what happens, maybe he could be a value. No, 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 no. They either help you now or they don't. The only look ahead we're looking at is if you're in leagues where you won your division or you get a, you get a bye week as a result. And there's a lot of leagues out there where six teams make it. You have two teams to get a bye week, four teams playing this week. Only if you're one of those teams in a bye week, and I hope that you are, but only in that situation are you looking past week 15 in any capacity. Because nothing after week 15 matters. Okay? Nothing, it doesn't matter. Don't make moves for the future unless you're completely set with what your line is going to be for week 15. So as a as a result of that, our waiver savior list it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be small. Cause I don't want guys who are high impact now. So let's go to the quarterback position. Tyler Huntley, twenty eight percent. Now of course we have to wait to see he's gonna get through concussion protocol, and you might not have to pick him up right away as a result to that. But if you're in a streaming quarterback situation, Huntley even though he's knocked out early in this game. Still rushed nine times for 31 yards. Like, that was the kicker here. Gets knocked out in the first half. Still had already run for nine times at that point. He's going to run. He's going to offer you a fantasy floor. It's one of the reasons why I had him ranked as a top 12 quarterback this past week. Because you're going to get that floor. Now, I'm not sure I'm going to have him in the top 12 regardless this week. Again, you know, a lot less teams on buys makes more options. But if you're streaming a quarterback and he does wind up being activated, you know, hoping, fingers crossed, he doesn't get knocked out of the game early this time around, there's reason to be hopeful that he can give you a floor. My only other quarterback that I'm picking up as a streamer, as a fantasy football playoff possible play here, is Mike White. Assuming, again, that he's healthy. Sounds a little optimistic. and The fact that he was able to come back in that game and tough it out and is listed as day-to-day now, I'm leaning on the side that Mike White's going to find a way to play this game. Playing against Detroit, guys, in New York. So Detroit's not nearly as effective of a team when they're on the road to begin with. Should lead to, to, to good, you know, to more possessions for the offense. We already know that as long as Zach Wilson's not in there, the Jets are going to throw the ball 40 to 50 times. Mike White, who kept getting knocked in and out of the game, still threw the ball 42 times last week against the Buffalo Bills. Mike White is going to be a valid streaming option against the Detroit Lions this week. He's at 50% owned. So look for him. If you have to stream a guy this week, looking at Mike White. That's it. Nobody else makes my list. That includes Jared Goff, by the way, who, yes, he is less than 50% owned. And that's why I wanted to mention his name. But he's on the road against the Jets. Jared Goff on the road against good defenses has led to next to nothing fantasy-wise production. There's no way you can trust a Jared Goff first year fantasy football playoffs under those circumstances. None whatsoever. That's why he doesn't make my list. Let's go to the running backs. 
So I, I get done saying that, you know, we're not doing any hypothetical stuff. This is just in case Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson do wind up being out. But if you find yourself in a situation where you need to find active running backs, Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong are playing the Raiders. They were in a committee. Pierre Strong got a little bit more of the passing down work. You'll have to contemplate them depending upon what your situation is. I would hope you still have better options. But you may not, especially if you had Ramondre Stevenson and or Damian Harris. If not one of them active, you might have to look for somebody who has a pulse. These guys are the only hypotheticals that we'll have to wait and see exactly what the injury report gives us the rest of the way. Everything else is what can help us now. I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if Kenneth Walker actually suits up on Thursday night. I know it's a very important game for the Seattle Seahawks because if they lose that game, then they're two down with three games left. And they don't win the division. Of course, you wind up falling into the rest of the wild card race, which could get really interesting with the rest of the NFC. So it is a big game. And I can understand from that standpoint why they might try to push it. But he didn't practice at all last week. It's hard for me to imagine that Kenneth Walker is going to turn around on a Thursday and go out there and play after he got you got you no activity the week before. It's hard to imagine. And it's not like, even if you lose this game, it's not like you're out of the playoff mix. Maybe it makes it really hard to actually win a division, but you're still in the playoff mix. You're still playing the long game to some degree here if you're the Seattle Seahawks. So I have a hard time imagining Kenneth Walker's going to give it a go. In their estimation, because they didn't practice on Monday, but in their estimation, they did try to list Kenneth Walker as a limited participant. Basically, is Pete Carroll trying to say the doors open for him to potentially return on Thursday? But interestingly enough, they did not have DJ Dallas listed as a limited participant. They had him as a did not practice. So from that standpoint, we're looking at DJ Dallas as even a less chance to play than Kenneth Walker. If both are inactive, as we saw this past week, in spite of the Adam Schefter screw you report that Tony Jones Jr. was going to be the starter at the last second, Travis Homer, we know, will get the bulk of the work. Now, is it San Francisco and not really great? Yes. However, especially in full-point PPR leagues, if he's getting all the work, he's getting all the work. Which means he'll still at least be a top 36 play if both Kenneth Walker and DJ Dallas are out again this Thursday. So keep that for what you will. A potential possibility if you're in a tight spot. Not much upside, so keep that in mind. But we'll catch the ball. We'll be involved. We'll have to be, you know, we'll be the guy getting 90% of the work out of the backfield. Jared McKinnon, he has a huge game this past week. Only 33% owned. Now, I know it's not trustworthy. It's just as likely we go back next week and Jared McKinnon, you know, is not ripping off catches for huge gains and touchdowns and, They play Houston next week, which is good for running backs, of course, but I'd be lying to you if I didn't say it's a risky situation for a guy like a Jerry McKinnon. The Chiefs should take care of business. I don't think they're going to pull a Dallas Cowboy and make this game interesting for no reason. And it favors a guy like Pacheco more than it favors a guy like Jerry McKinnon in that game. It won't be a negative game script, most likely, and the power run game is what Houston can't handle. And that's going to come from Pacheco. But it's hard to ignore a guy who just put up the numbers that he just did. 
And we do know that it is a two-man committee. There are worse options you can go with. And because the Chiefs run so much shotgun in the red zone, Jerry McKinnon still gets a fair amount of looks in the red zone, too. Even if you don't want to pick him up to play him this week, they have some games coming up like against Seattle, which could be shootout situations. McKinnon, especially full-point PPR, worth a pickup, worth a potential flex play. And then last but not least is Chuba Hubbard. Now, again, we're talking about another guy who maybe sneaks inside the top 36. Maybe he's a flex play. But he's on a 60-40 split on the 40% side of that split with Dante Foreman. And to add that to the caveat, if they're in a negative game script, he gets more passing work. So it could be more 50-50 if Carolina has to actually come back from behind. So Chuba Hubbard... Pretty valuable asset here. That's it for the running backs. Let's go to wide receivers. I only have three names on this wide receiver list. We'll start off with Chris Moore. Now, this is only if both Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins are out. And I'm anticipating Brandon Cooks is going to miss. Nico Collins, a little bit more of a question mark, but also didn't get any practice in last week either. Chris Moore is not some tremendous talent. Let's not get this thing twisted. But playing against Kansas City Chiefs, if, like last week, he's the only guy out there, I'm going to take a shot on him as a flex, full-point PPR, wide receiver three potentially. The volume will have to be there. And points can be had against Kansas City Chiefs, especially for wide receivers. Especially if they come back from behind. Especially if they play in garbage time, which is what I expect the game script to be with Houston. More times than not, especially against better teams. I know this last week has everybody up in a hizzy like, oh, now we don't know what to expect. Eh, those things usually correct itself after a week. So Chris Moore can be considered if both, again, Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins are out. The other two options, I can't believe they're less than 50% owned. Traylon Burks, we'll see if he's able to come back, but the concussion protocol week removed, usually a better case for guys to be able to come back. And once again, this past week showing why Tennessee desperately needs him to give them some semblance of a passing game. Valid wide receiver three with upside. And then he's only 48% owned. Can't believe it. And then DPJ. Amari Cooper is still going to be dealing with this hip issue. If he can't 100% physically be himself and Deshaun Watson continues to improve and look closer and closer to Deshaun Watson as the weeks go on, Don Peoples-Jones is a fine wide receiver three right now with a safe floor because of the target consolidation around him, Cooper, and David Njoku. And they are going to throw the ball a little bit more with Deshaun Watson back there. Because they have to. They have to. You pay this guy to come in. You got to see what you have in the passing game. So very valuable pickup there, too. That's it for the wide receivers. And a tight end. This should really come as no surprise. If anything, I'm surprised about is the fact that he's actually less than 50% owned right now. There's only one tight end that I think is worth going after aggressively on your waiver priority, giving up your priority for, getting your fat budget for, and that's Evan Ingram. By no means expect what you saw this past week. I think most people are smart enough to know to not expect that. However, is he a top 10, top 12 tight end, tight end one the rest of the way? Uh, Yeah. Yes, he is. And he is 44% owned, which means he's actually available in a majority of leagues out there. I'm very shocked to see it, considering what the tight end position has been, that he's been consistently a low-end tight end one for the majority of this year. But that's where we're at. 
So go get Evan Ingram. Everything else is completely circumstantial based on what you have available to you and what you need. That does for our waiver savers. That does it for the show. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. We'll be back tomorrow night with a look ahead Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, our first half fantasy football preview for week 15 for the playoffs, baby. Playoffs is here. So happy. So excited. Guys, have a wonderful night. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. La inscripción abierta para el mercado de seguros médicos de ACA ya está aquí. Si desea inscribirse en un nuevo plan de salud o actualizar el actual, GetCoveredIllinois.gov puede ayudarle a navegar las opciones de cobertura médica para encontrar un plan de salud de calidad. Averigüe si califica para recibir ayuda financiera y obtenga asistencia gratuita para la inscripción. Nuestros navegadores locales están aquí para usted. Su cobertura médica comienza en GetCoveredIllinois.gov.